It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petum here. As always, and as I said in the previous episode, post-Brighton, uh, we did have a very special episode uh, coming your way on the airwaves, of course. Uh, I think just over a month ago, me and Mr. Tom Nightingale caught up with Ashley Priest of the Birmingham Mail, and that was a fantastic chat, and that's something we definitely wanted to kind of continue that theme in some way or manner, manner whether it's once a month, uh, every couple months, whatever it be. But we've definitely arranged a, another fantastic guest, and that is Jonathan Johnson, who is a France-based soccer correspondent or football, depending how you want to, um, I guess, call that, depending where you are in the world, for CBS Sports Golazo. So Jonathan, without further ado, how's it going for you? Hey there, guys. Great to be on with you. Thank you very much for the invite. And uh, I'm doing very well, just uh, gearing up for the World Cup, which I imagine is the same for, for pretty much everybody. How about yourselves? Doing very well. And I should say as well, Mr. Tom Nightingale is here too. He's decided to grace us with his appearance once more. Tom, how's it going for you, my friend? Yeah, good, you know, like if you'd, if we'd have had this call a couple of weeks ago, I'd have said I'm glad to have a six week break from the trials and tribulations of supporting and watching Aston Villa. But um, been a great been a great last uh, 10 days or so, hasn't it really? So it's actually turned out um, it's a bit of a shame to have this break. But from a Villa perspective, good that Unai Emery gets six full weeks with pretty much the entire squad now um, after having such a great immediate impact. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, um, but I'm very excited to see what 2023 holds for Villa, to be honest. Absolutely. I think it's one of those things, too, where you sit back and look at it, especially when I can think of any time things are going well for Villa. There's always a pause somewhere where you want that momentum to continue. And nonetheless, it's happened again. So we'll have to see what happens on December 26, whether that uh, decides to continue or um, have a little bit of a stutter. But knowing Villa, we'll have to wait and see and hope for the best at the very least. So, of course, like I mentioned, we do have Jonathan on here. So we do have a string of questions in chatter. We want to get uh, over to him for the next half hour or so, depending on how quickly we can get these to him. John, this is a very open-ended question to start with, but I mean, I, I think Villa calls to us all in different ways. Um, in the past on our website, 7500 to Holt, we've had different people come on and kind of express their views on why they chose Villa or why it chose them. So why Villa for you? That's a really good question, actually, because uh, sort of anyone who sort of gets to know me, gets to know my family, will probably know that Villa didn't actually really run in the family. Like, Within my family, uh, you know, especially sort of my dad grew up watching football in the West Midlands region, but that didn't necessarily mean going and watching Villa. So that was a mix of Birmingham City, West Brom, uh, you know, and it was, I'm told, it's only when I came along that, uh, you know, the real Villa focus kind of uh, emerged. I'm, I'm told it was it was my choice. 
uh, you know, and it's something in the first sort of few years of fandom that I didn't regret. So like being born in 87, you know, we had a, a, a couple of trophies quite early on for me, 94, 96. Uh, and I vividly be, remember being told by my dad when my brother and I, my younger brother and I were going crazy on the sofa celebrating the 96 League Cup title. And he said something like, oh, you know, calm down, you know, go easy at it because I'll probably win something else in the next couple of years. And I like to point out to him all the time, still waiting for that next piece of silverware. I mean, we came close in 2000 with the the FA Cup final. Uh, obviously had another FA Cup final appearance uh, and the League Cup as well in, in 2010 since then but yeah unfortunately not come close enough for my liking to the to that silverware those are the those are the famous last words aren't they <laughs> like don't don't use up all your goodwill at once because there'll be more success coming um yeah see I, it's, it's interesting because for me i'm uh cole and i are roughly the same age we're sort of like early we're early 90s babies so i missed the two league cup wins were before i was sort of cognizant of villa just yeah. about remember the <laughs> FA Cup final defeat to Chelsea. And then since that, it's been League Cup final defeat to United, getting hammered by Arsenal in 2015. Um, that's about the size of the, the, the Cup finals in, in my memory. So, um, but I mean, I feel like we're Villa, Villa are back on the up. So I, I, I'm interested to know one of the reasons I'm really pleased that we got you on today is because obviously I know having been based in Paris for so long, um, you've got some pretty close up, I guess, experience of Unai Emery's football, albeit in a very different situation to Villa with the, the global megastars of Paris Saint-Germain. Um, I'd be interested to know just from your perspective of having reported on PSG during that time. I know Emery's had a couple of jobs since then, but um, what are some of the things you'd say you learned or observed most about Emery during his time at PSG? And how, do you think there are sort of lessons to take from his time in Paris that could be applied to what we might hope or expect to see in 2023 from Villa? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I have to be honest, I didn't think at any point um, in my lifetime and in my time covering PSG that uh, as somebody who grew up, I was born and bred in Solihull, I'd be talking one day about a former PSG manager then rocking up at Villa Park uh, and becoming Villa manager. But, you know, here we are. Um, and yeah, I obviously I did, uh, you know, see Unai Emery, um, you know, sort of up close and the, the the way that he works. And I I think that I mean, there's a lot of lessons that we can take from Emery's time uh, with PSG. I think his early days with with PSG were fascinating. I, I remember bumping into him in a lift um, in Columbus, Ohio, during the International Champions Cup. That was in his first sort of few weeks as, uh, as as PSG boss. And what he was trying to do at that time was he was trying to implement this change, this move away in formation from PSG playing like this possession-based 4-3-3 game that they played under Laurent Blanc uh, to something, you know, that had sort of a bit more bite to it, um, you know, certainly in terms of, uh, you know, the attack when they would be playing in Europe. So Emery actually tried to move away from the 4-3-3 and go with a 4-2-3-1, which actually is a formation that he's tried in quite a few of the clubs that he's coached throughout his career. And initially it worked really well. I mean, if you watch PSG playing in the uh, Trophée des Champions when they destroyed Lyon uh, in his first sort of semi-competitive match, I guess you'd call it, because they do recognise the trophy uh, in France, but most of us debate whether the community shield counts or not. Uh, and, you know, he took this 
forensic approach uh you know to to to, to how he managed uh psg squad you know he poured over every single tactical detail it's quite similar to, to thomas tuchel in many ways but one of the real abiding memories that I have of Emery's time with PSG was in that early phase, sort of the first couple of weeks, months uh, in his tenure, when he gave a press conference and turned into almost like a, a seminar, a tactical seminar, where he had all these water bottles lined up on the desk and was like putting them out in like the formation and showing you how like the you know the player the different players would move into different positions like whether they're in transition when they've got the ball and they're attacking when they're trying to defend and it, honestly it was absolutely fascinating i do feel like unfortunately for emery there have been some recurring trends uh, in his managerial career and i do feel like the sort of the language barrier that many people talked about at arsenal later on after psg is also something that maybe held him back a little bit um with, uh, with with PSG, uh, you know, when you had the press questioning him at Arsenal, uh, you know, and, and him sort of struggling at times uh, to express exactly the way that he felt or wanted to respond to those questions. You had certain uh, players sort of undermining him a little bit uh, at PSG. You notably had a big falling out with Hatem Ben Arfa. I mean, Ben Arfa later fell foul of the, the club hierarchy uh, as a whole. But, you know, they definitely didn't sort of have a, a very easy relationship after the, the first few weeks. Um, you know, and I think everybody recognised that Emery, uh, you know, was somebody who had a vast tactical knowledge, uh, you know, perhaps wasn't necessarily suited to being manager of a club at the elite level that PSG aspired to being at, obviously with their Champions League ambitions. Uh, but there was also a surprise when he left uh, that he would go to Arsenal to try and follow in the footsteps of Arsene Wenger when the belief in, P in Paris at the time was that he was going to move on from PSG and go to Real Sociedad where he had some real strong links there, uh, you know, with, with some members of the board. So it was quite a surprise to see him suddenly take the Premier League challenge. But obviously without him actually taking on the Arsenal job, we wouldn't see him sort of wanting to have a point to prove now with uh, with Villa. And I think Villa in terms of the the project, but also in terms of the players in the squad at present and sort of where Villa aspire to be, I think it's perfect for Emery. Because like I said earlier, he's maybe somebody who struggled under the weight of expectation at PSG. And don't get me wrong, there's plenty of other uh, you know, managers who have also, uh, you know, struggled to deal with that. Thomas Tuchel, who ended up going on and winning the Champions League with Chelsea, also, you know, struggled with that at times. Uh, and Maurizio Pochettino, who, you know, could have also been a Villa manager or candidate recently, uh, you know, also struggled with it. So I think the the best things to take from Emery's time at PSG is certainly that he's somebody invested, somebody who is cut out out for sort of where Villa are at this moment in time. Somebody who can certainly get the best out of players, uh, you know, give them a new lease of life. Look at what he did with Edinson Cavani for a couple of years at PSG. He was an absolutely, uh, you know, one of, if not the top strikers uh, in European football. And if he can have that kind of effect with, you know, some of Villa's other players, uh, you know, I think that, you know, Villa are, could really be onto to something good with uh with Emery, you know, he is somebody who, despite the fact that PSG weren't as dominant as they were expected to be under him, uh, you know, still showed that he has that taste, uh, you know, for cup competitions and has the ability as well to pull some of those really impressive performances out of the hat because a lot of what Emery managed to achieve at PSG gets lost 
under the the, the, the commotion that was, uh, you know, the, the collapse in Barcelona, uh, yeah. you know, Montada. But people actually forget that PSG played Barca off the pitch in that first leg, absolutely destroyed them. Nine times out of 10, there's no way that uh, another team, you know, manages to come back from something like that. And, you know, there were moments in Emery's tenure with, with PSG where you thought, you know, this is a this is a guy who is, you know, on the on the track to being one of the the elite, uh, you know, coaches in uh, in Europe. That being said, I still feel like he is his, he is at his strongest when he's in, uh, you know, that sort of niche that we've seen him in with Villarreal, with Sevilla, uh, and now hopefully with Villa too. Yeah, it's a couple of in- really interesting points there that I think will stand out to a lot of Villa fans. Is that you know, it's clearly a very detail oriented guy puts his clearly puts his heart and soul into the into the details on and off the pitch um and the talk of getting the best out of players these are things obviously we don't we don't need to necessarily look back but as villa villa fans i think it's something ingrained in our psyche that we can't help uh looking back at where we've been before we look ahead at where we might go um these are things i think detail oriented managerial approach um commitment off on the training ground to getting the final details right getting the best out of the players in front of you these are all ringing alarm bells in my head as things that we just simply haven't seen really over the last particularly over the last 12 months um as villa fans uh obviously it's been a great start for emery um you can't get better can you than beating united at home and ending a, a sort of what was it 20 i've lost how many count now 27 year hoodoo something like that um starts don't get much better than that and then to go to United a few days later in the cup, and I know that things unraveled slightly a little bit at the back, but I was very impressed with the way that Villa put themselves forward at Old Trafford. Um, scored a couple of great goals. I know one of them was that own goal uh, off Bailey's head, but the move that led to that I thought was excellent. Um, and then obviously the win against Brighton as well. Another fantastic result, um, scoring some great goals, some great attacking play. I think it's fair to say that there, there's promise. I know we now have a six-week break, but there's promise that this is more than just what you might call your stereotypical new manager bounce. I, we seem to be seeing enough early on that in the short amount of time Emery has been at Villa Park and at Bodymore Heath particularly, he's been able to elicit genuine change that hopefully can last through 2023. Obviously, we have a big break now, but what are you? what are some things maybe on the pitch I'm not going to ask you to enter the, the 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 roulette of predicting a league finish in May or anything like that because that's a fool's game. But um, what are some things that you would say that Villa fans should expect to see in 2023, whether it's uh, on pitch details or whether it's simply a case of differing attitudes? You know, what what do you think Villa fans should be expecting? You know, I was listening to you at the beginning of the of the show saying that uh, you wished it wasn't the the World Cup right now, so Villa could continue on as they are. And while I while I understand the sentiment, I actually think that it's coming at a good time to break because Emery's now got this snapshot of the team to work with. He's seen what they are capable of doing. You know, beating United, beating Brighton. You know, two teams that. It's certainly not a given that Villa would get results against, uh, you know, based on the last couple of years. Um, but I do think that the reason we've been able to get those results uh, is the fact that literally it's as simple as Emery has come in. Emery is a tactician, replaced Steven Gerrard, who, you know, let's be brutally honest, didn't have a clue tactically since the departure of uh, of, of Michael Beale. 
and suddenly you know there's just more organization you know villa are suddenly just doing the basics because emery hasn't had any more time with them to get them to do anything more fancy to look at potentially you know a deeper system change to to line up you know areas of the the team that he absolutely wants to strengthen in uh, come January. So I actually think now he's got something to work with. He's got something that will motivate the players because they know that suddenly, you know, they're not useless as, as we've been yelling at them on, uh, on social media for the last, uh, the last six months or so. Uh, and, you know, he also will know that, you know, he has to do something more meaningful with the team, really stamp his identity on them, uh, you know, during this time. So I actually think, this six-week break, especially given that there's so, I mean, I'm not going to say so few players going to the World Cup, but you know the the the, the core of the, the the squad is going to be there to be worked with. Uh, you know, I think that this is a this is a great moment for for Emery because one, it gives him the opportunity to get to know the players a bit better. Uh, you know, they get to understand his training methods more. I think some of the guys who are going to the World Cup are probably the guys that. He has fewer concerns over. Everybody knows that Emi Martinez is going to be the undisputed starting goalkeeper. Matty Cash is, you know, most likely going to start on the right. Uh, and, you know, Emery would have been able to see a lot of those guys in the videos that he was watching before he even took the the Villa job. But in terms of somebody like a, a Bednarek, Dendonka, I mean, we've barely seen Bednarek play, so I'm not sure he's actually going to be sort of a, a piece of the Villa furniture moving forward. Uh, with Dendonka, he's shown well so far, showed what he can do under Emery. So, you know, I do think that it, it's now the time for Emery to get to know some of these players a little bit better uh, and maybe start working out which kind of systems could suit the team uh, and, and what he can bring in in a, in a more meaningful way than just taking things back to, to the basics that, as he has done in the, the first few weeks of his time in charge at Villa Park. So I certainly think he'll be looking at the wide areas. Uh, and I think if, if Villa can get hold of a, a proper wide talent, uh, you know, somebody who can perform consistently and within the kind of formations that, that, that Emery prioritises, uh, you know, I do think that, you know, the, there is there are reasons to be optimistic between now and the end of the season. I have to be honest, and, and it's not a criticism of Emery, it's just a slight disappointment. Emery is a cup specialist, so to go out of the League Cup is a bit of a blow, especially when you look at some of the big names that fell out. I really, really fancied us, especially when we went ahead at Old Trafford. I thought, you know, maybe, maybe we can pull this off. I probably would have taken the hit on the Brighton result if we could have pulled off knocking United out, be it on penalties or, or over 90 minutes, just because I really think that at some point, perhaps not this season, but at some point soon, Villa will be back in contention for domestic silverware. In terms of European qualification, it's going to be tough and it's going to be tough uh, you know, from the beginning of next season as well. But with Emery at the helm, you know, you feel a bit more positive about it now. Uh but it's, it's also a strange situation to be in because we've got six points from a possible six in the league. Suddenly, you know, getting to just outside the European places seems to be, uh, you know, within uh, within reach. So, you know, who knows? I think it's going to be a question of which teams respond better after the World Cup break. And obviously, with only a small handful of players going to the World Cup, you know, Villa are actually pretty well placed to, to hit the ground running, assuming that Emery can, uh, you know, continue that uh, that early momentum that's been built up. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, 
feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Absolutely. And I, I think I said this on uh, the last podcast that I did with Simon. Um, basically, I, I kind of likened it in the sense to the start of COVID lockdown under Dean Smith. And I think there was a good example coming out of that when uh, Premier League clubs started to play again, who essentially used that time wisely and who didn't. Um, maybe who kind of took advantage of certain aspects and who didn't as well. And I, I think that's one of the kind of telltale signs and we'll have to wait and see. But Jonathan, the one thing I did want to get your opinion on is Mr. Bubakar Kamara. I mean, of course, coming from Marseille on a free, only 22 years young, still lots of uh, life left in his young career. What have you made of his young career thus far away from Villa and kind of, I guess, the early signs that we've seen at Villa, aside from the one injury that we didn't want to see? Hopefully, knock on wood, that doesn't happen again. But what have you made of him so far? I'm I'm, I'm a big fan of Kamara. I think he was a massive coup for Villa to be able to, to prize him away from Marseille. Uh, you know, to be able to, to take a player away from a team that was going to be playing in the Champions League uh, you know, and to bring them to a team that was only, you know, aiming or aspiring to get into Europe, uh, you know, I think was a, a, a big, big statement. I can understand that Steven Gerrard was sort of part of the the draw, the attraction for, for Kamara sort of having grown up and, and Gerrard as a player having been one of the better midfielders in, uh, in the world game. But also at the same time, uh, you know, I think that Kamara would have arrived in the squad, looked around and, and seen that there was... Uh, you know, a lot of quality there, a lot of potential, potential to do much better than we're doing so far this season. Uh, and I guess I'm in a, I'm in a pretty lucky position as well to, you know, I've seen the development of Luca Dean as well up close, uh, Diego Carlos as well from his time with Nantes. So, you know, three guys who I think will will be pretty important for for Villa moving forward, certainly in sort of the remainder of uh, of this season uh, under Emery. And you know, I feel like you know. Kamara, Dean, uh, you know, they're, they're internationals for a reason. They might not be going to the World Cup, but they're players of very high quality. Uh, you know, it's not by chance that they've made their way to, to the Premier League. I think it's a, a league with a style of football that, that suits the way that both of them play. But Kamara in particular, I think he was always cut out to, to play at this level. I certainly think that he's capable of uh, of going on and playing for a team that's in continental competition regularly. Fingers crossed that can be Villa. And I think, to be honest, the same of, of a number of members of the squad. Martinez as well uh, in goal. You know, I think he's too good to be playing for a mid-table Premier League team. He needs to be regularly playing in Europe, especially at this stage of his career. 
So Kamara, I think the other thing that really interests me about him is that I've seen him be able to play two positions. I've seen him be able to play in central midfield, a more of a defensive midfield role, but also as a central defender. And I think having that versatility is definitely something that Villa should look to try and tap into at some point. Uh, you know, and I, for me, I think that Kamara is he's a player who probably will only give Villa sort of you know, a couple of years. Obviously, he has to take into account the the injury as well to get themselves to 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 where we as a club aspire to be before some of those big names start coming back again and and trying to to prize him away. Because there were teams guaranteed to be playing in the Champions League that wanted to sign him from uh, Marseille. There were a number of top Italian sides that that wanted to bring him in. So for Villa to have gone out there, managed to bring him in. I mean, I think as well it was on like one of the first days of the transfer window as well. I mean, you couldn't get, uh, you know, a much stronger message to to send out there. And unfortunately, it feels like it's kind of been pretty much downhill since then for Villa, with the exception of, the, you know, when we managed to sign Carlos uh, and a couple of uh, results along the way. So fingers crossed, uh, you know, Emery can get him back up to full fitness, uh, you know, get him up to speed with what he wants from the, the system. Uh, and I do think that there are certain players in this Villa squad now who will benefit from this added time spent, uh, you know, with uh, Emery on the training pitch. Tyrone Mings is another one. We've already seen glimpses of the fact that he might be coming back in, you know, something resembling his best form. So, you know, fingers crossed that these guys, uh, you know, can come back with a stronger idea of what Emery wants from them on the pitch uh, and that we can get some of these guys back to full fitness sooner than maybe expected. You know, uh, Kamara being one of them uh, and Diego Carlos obviously being another. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously we we talked already about seeing a bit of an improvement from Villa since Emery's in the short time since Emery's joined. Um, we had that sort of twin good news, didn't we, with Emery coming in and then Kamara returning to fitness around about the same time timeline. I'm very, one of the things I'm excited to see from Villa next year is whenever Carlos does come back. Um, on paper, that's such a stronger spine than Villa have had in. A long time, I think, and uh, that that's an exciting prospect for Emery to build around. I, I'm going to pivot to another, a different midfielder from Kamara, but one who it's very interesting. Villa fans are a bit like this. We like to latch on, I think, to certain players, and a lot of it can be a little bit speculative. Like if this guy was given more time, he could be the new hero for Villa. We get a lot of that, I think, as a fan base. Um, Probably the guy in the squad who exemplifies that sort of um, that sort of notion most at the moment is Morgan Sanson. He is somebody who hasn't had very much game time across multiple managers now, but there's that constant thing, particularly on Villa social media, of um, this guy needs to be getting more minutes. This guy, this guy has come in with a, a pretty high reputation. Could be the difference maker we're missing. Obviously, we don't want to sink too much hope into what still frankly for Villa fans for non-French based Villa fans is still kind of an unknown quantity even what 18 how long is it 18 months after we signed him um I'd be very interested to know your views on Sanson and whether he, he strikes you as one of these players you talk about who could be able to kick on um under under Emery's tutorship yeah I mean Sanson is a is a player obviously I know um from his time in Ligue 1 Somebody who I think, you know, has the skill set to work in the Premier League. I think he got particularly unlucky sort of with the nature of the way that Villa went about signing him and also his, the you know, the timing coming in. 
it's never ideal, um, you know, sort of arriving at the time that he did. Uh, and also the fact that, you know, he was essentially a gamble, uh, you know, from, from Lange as somebody who, you know, they knew had uh, quality and, and potential, uh, you know, to, to be a consistent performer, but also didn't necessarily have uh, an assigned position within the starting eleven to immediately walk into. So I think he's constantly been in a state of having to prove himself to each new manager. Uh, and I mean, unfortunately, he didn't really get the chance that I felt he deserved under Gerard. It felt like many people, uh, many players who were even impressed at the beginning of, uh, you know, Gerard's time in charge, like Nakamba even, you know, got dismissed later on, which was quite disappointing because we'd been waiting for ages for him to, you know, finally, you know, start performing. And I feel like Sanson is somebody who really could benefit, uh, you know, from this uh, six-week period now with Emery because he's somebody that Emery will remember from his time in Ligue 1. So I know what he's capable of doing. And I think as well depending on how deep some of the players go uh, during the World Cup, notably, uh, you know, Dendonka with the Belgian national team, that could open up a possibility for Sanson to come in because it kind of feels like McGinn has already been on trial a little bit in these opening few games under Emery. I wouldn't say he's been, you know, a total disappointment, but I'd say that we've started to see, you know, McGinn's limits. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Emery looks to redress um the decision, the summer decision from Gerard to give him the captaincy because ultimately moving forward, I don't feel like McGinn is necessarily going to be a nailed on starter in, in Villa's 11. You know, let's wait and see what happens on that. But I certainly think that Sanson will be given his opportunity to, you know, to show what he can do. I think as well, something that might benefit guys like him, uh, you know, would be getting, I guess, what we could call what we could term a favourable draw in the FA Cup. There's never really a favourable draw for Villa in the FA Cup because we always conspire to find ways to get ourselves knocked out, regardless of who it is. Well, when we're not drawing Man United, uh, but I think as well for, you know, if if say you get a, a lower league opponent uh, in the FA Cup, one or two of the early rounds that Villa could be involved in. Uh, I think that would be perfect for bedding in or helping to bed in someone like Sanson. Uh, you know, I know that there are going to be teams or players coming back from the World Cup to teams who are going to be involved in the next round of EFL Cup action, which if I am not mistaken, will actually take place before Boxing Day. And it's those kind of games that would have been ideal, uh, you know, for Emery to get an even better idea of some of the players at his disposal. So I think um, we might not, uh, you know, see... Emery take too many risks with players uh, in the games back just immediately after the World Cup break. But I certainly think Sanson is somebody who, if he can impress Emery in that six-week period, uh, you know, we could see a lot more from because he definitely has the skill set to thrive in the Premier League, as I said before. You know, he can be very sort of all-action, box-to-box, you know, quite tenacious, you know, get involved physically. But also has a great shot on him, decent technique. Uh, you know, it feels to me like if Villa really wanted to try and make that gamble work, they could. I just kind of hope that the decision hasn't already been made uh, to kind of move him on as, uh, you know, unfortunately... Uh, you know, the, the decision seems to have been taken with uh, Freddie, who had a great uh, second half of last season on loan with uh, Strasbourg. But sadly, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like he's going to be get, uh, given another uh, chance to prove himself. Absolutely. I always forget about uh, Freddie Gilbert, to be honest. It feels like it's been so, so long ago since we've actually seen him in a Villa shirt. 
and on the pitch. But regardless of that, it's interesting. On on him, like, sorry to interrupt you, but just, no worries. I I don't understand not giving him a chance. Like the way that he performed, he performed well as part of a Strasbourg team that nearly, against all the odds, qualified for Europe. I mean, they they were sort of knocking on the door of Champions League until the last few weeks of the season. So to not even give him a chance when he came back, just I don't know. It felt like he'd been sort of pre-dismissed. I mean, obviously we don't know all of uh, you know the details of anything that might have happened behind the scenes, but you assume when a new manager comes in that the you know the cards will be you know shuffled and redealt, uh, and you'd hope that somebody somebody like him you know gets another you know shot at proving himself, and it just feels like. Villa are saying for whatever reason that there is absolutely no way back for him, uh, you know, and that he should be looking for a new team for himself in January. Feels a bit harsh based on what I saw from him uh, in Ligue 1 over the second half of last season. Absolutely. And you think about it too. I mean, he was signed, what, in the January window while we're still in the championship. So he was signed as a right back for the championship next campaign of what we all thought would happen. And of course, we all know what happened. And I mean, we can kind of link, like you said, in terms of how unlucky Morgan Sanson has been, of course, coming in. And then he was injured almost right away. It felt like um, Gilbert as well. It seems like um, league uh, talent in January for Villa just doesn't seem to click. So hopefully we can figure out a little bit of a, a smarter way in terms of future purchases when it comes to league. Uh. But Jonathan, I did want to throw one thing your way. It's kind of a, a more creative out there question in a way. We, we did hear you talk about wide players and kind of what you expect to see Unai Emery kind of play in regards to that. If there was one current, I guess, somewhat realistic option, if Emery was to dip into the January market in Liga, who would you want to see come to Villa? Yeah, that is a, an interesting question and, you know, quite a creative one as well. I mean, I guess most of that for me, would be based on what I saw from his Real side. Obviously, working for CBS, we cover the the Champions League exclusively in uh, in North America, and it's it is uh, you know it, it it wasn't surprising to see Emery sort of you know really thrive in that underdog role. But in doing so, he kind of uncovered a number of really really talented uh, you know players who are perhaps on the radar for some big clubs in Europe, but not sort of the biggest, the elite clubs. So I guess Villa could aspire, especially given sort of VRL struggles at this moment in time, to perhaps raid them, uh, you know, for for one or two names. Maybe not in the, the winter window, but certainly with an eye towards the summer. Now, everybody knows that Po Torres in the, in the defence was, you know, a real... Uh, you know, key key component of uh, you know Villarreal's success last season. Uh, I I wouldn't necessarily uh, campaign for Villa to go in for somebody like uh, Etienne Capu or uh, Raúl Albiol, given that they're getting on. But I always felt like Boulardia was somebody who would thrive um, outside of Ligue 1 in uh, in a competitive uh, European league. So I was surprised to see him moved on by Villarreal to Salernitana. Wouldn't surprise me if they if Villa maybe take a look at somebody like his profile at some point. Uh, and, you know, I think as well, in terms of sort of Villa's immediate needs, uh, you know, a bit of speed and trickery out wide to sort of match what we already have, uh, you know, with Bailey would be nice. And obviously somebody who's played in England before, uh, you know, he won't be going to the World Cup, either is uh, Dan Numa. And perhaps that's another interesting profile who could be looked at as well. But to be honest, I think 
you know, if Emery uh, and Villa see any good opportunities in January, they'll probably pounce on it and maybe look to make some temporary moves so that Emery can really get his teeth stuck into the sort of nitty-gritty part of squad building uh, next summer. Because I think what Villa can be and what Villa aspire to be and where Villa are right now, um, it's going to be hard for Emery to get the kind of guys that he'll want to work with for sort of two, three years on this project uh, in the January transfer window. Unless, you know, we continue to hit the ground running and pick up points as soon as we get back off of the uh, the World Cup break and then players start to look at Villa as a team that's rising towards the European places and want to get involved in that. But as long as you've got teams, uh, you know, like Villarreal that Emery has managed, uh, you know, who are not, uh, you know, having an easy time of it, you know, perhaps there is some scope there for, you know, for, for Villa to go in and, uh, and swoop. I do also think that there are players... You know, that Emery has to, I'm, I'm not really going to say it's as serious as maybe, you know, doing a mercy killing, but there are players that Emery either needs to give a chance to or that need to be allowed to move out on loan and, and show what they can do. Cameron Archer is definitely one of them. I've already seen it, you know, sort of touted that he'll go out on loan again. I think he absolutely has to. In fact, I, I'll put it out, out there because you've got somebody like Balogun who's doing really well on loan from Arsenal at Haas in uh, Ligue 1 right now. If Archer came to Ligue 1 and played with a team of a similar profile to that, I think he could really catch fire given what I've seen. And I really hope he gets that sort of opportunity. I don't think he necessarily has to look within England, uh, you know, for a good fit in order for him to to uncover the, you know, the or start tapping into the potential that we all know that that he has. Um, you know, so whether or not Emery looks to raid Ligue 1, uh, you know, for, for some players that he's been familiar with or has seen, uh, in the past, uh, you know, doing well. We'll have to wait and see. But there are guys who are, you know, potentially in an interesting position at this moment in time. Yassi Nadli as well, another another guy at, uh, at Milan, who he managed when he was at uh, PSG, so knows the, the potential of the player who could be, uh, you know, sort of of interest come uh, January if their situation doesn't change. Absolutely. Well, Jonathan, I know we're very short for time, so um, I'm going to throw this really quick fire question your way. We've asked this to Ashley Priest in the uh, previous podcast we did around a month or so ago. If you could pick one individual Villa related to interview, who would it be? Uh, you know, that's that's really interesting because, uh, I mean, I guess one of my Villa heroes growing up, who I've already interviewed, was Mark Bosnich. Um, you know, really, really lovely guy. Uh, you know, happy to, to to sort of you know be able to call on him as a as a colleague, and uh, you know now uh, you know something of a mate as well. And uh, you know that for me is quite surreal growing up, uh, and then yeah. uh, you know sort of turning uh, you know an idol into somebody who you know you can chat with on uh, uh, on WhatsApp if you need uh, the skinny on a, a team like Australia for the World Cup or Croatia, something like that. So I can't say that sort of you know one of my mega heroes growing up is someone that I you know haven't been able to interview but I guess if I was to you know go back and and maybe want to pick the brains of somebody who you know I really sort of looked up to for a long time it would probably have to be Olaf Melberg I've always wanted to know if he would take management uh you know far enough for him to potentially come back to, to Villa Park one day and you know we had him at the club for a good sort of decade or, or so. I mean, he, he was really sort of one of my Villa icons uh, growing up. So, yeah, I'd, I'd pick Olaf probably. What a bloody hero, man. 
<laughs> he was one of um, mine also, as well also, early on. Also, special special shout out as well to uh, my CBS colleague, uh, you know, who's uh, I've, I've I've grown quite close with over the last couple of months since we started that House of Champions project. Nigel Rio Coca had a lot of interesting private chats about his time at Villa, and I can tell you, it's. Uh, it perhaps wasn't all that we thought it was behind the scenes, but uh, I'll, I'll perhaps leave the invitation open to him to maybe join you guys on the show at some point, because I'm sure he'd love to to chat about his time at Villa. I know that he has some very particularly fond memories of that and perhaps some not so fond memories, but uh, a great, great guy, um, you know, and, and to be able to sort of be in a position nowadays where I am I am a journalist, but I'm able to, to turn to former Villa players as, uh, you know, sort of my esteemed colleagues and uh, fellow professionals is yeah something I, I wouldn't have dreamed of when I was uh, you know aspiring to get into journalism when I was still living in Sully Hall. Absolutely well I think that's a, a good place to wrap it up and of course like I said we are short for time so we'll leave it there. Jonathan thank you very much for joining us it's been an absolute pleasure if for some reason people haven't uh, heard of you for some reason or they haven't been following you on Twitter where could they find you? Thanks a lot for that, guys. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, the best place, I think, for people to find me, certainly for my coverage of uh, of the World Cup and anything PSG, Villa-related or Ligue 1 or other, uh, is on Twitter. So, at J-O-N underscore Legosi. Well, that's that's assuming that uh, Elon Musk doesn't uh, you know, burn the whole thing to the ground yeah. in the World Cup. We will see. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. But uh, while Twitter is up and running, uh, definitely that's the best place to find me. Yeah, we might have to uh, we might have to re-record this outro in a few days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you never you never know. I do enough editing, so it's all good if it has to happen. But of course, you can find Tom on Twitter at TD Nightingale. You can find myself at Talk Aston Villa. Tweet the team at seventy five hundred to Holt. We should have something out in the next hopefully couple of weeks, Villa World Cup related or something. We don't want to be completely dormant, but like I said, we'll leave it there. And don't forget uh, the Villa. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.